Hi, thank you for listening to Trinity San Diego Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in with us, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message will encourage you. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, you can partner with us to reach others by investing at trinitysandiego.org. Thanks once again. Now here's Pastor Todd. I am, this is a standalone Sunday, meaning um, typically uh, when we, uh, we package our sermons in series and every once in a while we get the blessing of having a standalone Sunday, meaning that we only, uh, that, that basically I get to kind of preach whatever I want to preach, which is kind of fun. Um, but also it's kind of scary too, because you have to listen to what God wants you to say. You know, I mean, I do that every week. Don't get me wrong, but I I really want to set this up in the right way because, um, last week Katie preached a powerful message, correct? On Jesus in our story. And as he is a part of our story, we went to the cross. We had our cross that's back there up here and we nailed things to our cross. Um, we nailed all these different needs. I'm not going to read them aloud. Don't think I'm going to put you on blast. You're like, oh my word, I, you know, he, he, cre- he, he did this on purpose. But there are so many things. But I prayed over these every day for the last week. Every day. Because I don't believe that, that you're going to do this life alone. And I believe that when you put something like on, uh, on a card, that it doesn't go in vain. We will actually send you an email or give you a phone call, however you want. But we're going to also pray if there's a need. We're going to celebrate when there's a victory. And so I uh, prayed over these every, every day for the last week. And I just am rifling through them. And I'm thinking about how much fear was stated. I would say of every four cards... Three of them were all about fear. And so I was, as I was praying, I was like, God, what do you want me to talk about this week to this group? And um, fear is what he talked to me about. That we have this idea of fear in our life and we worry. A- any worriers in the house? Okay, it's okay. Uh, I, I admit it. <laughs> I do it from time to time as well. And I don't have it all together. And, and we know fear. Fear is an acronym, false evidence appearing real. And what we do is we, we allow fear, I think, to grip us greater than what we can even comprehend or even understand. And so I hope to dive into this. And I loved that God revealed it to me in this way, because a few, um, a few weeks ago, I preached a message titled, Listen Up, and it was about Gideon. It was about hearing the voice of God. And this week, I'm going to preach a message in the same passage of scripture. And that's the beauty of the scripture, people. You have to get in the Bible because what happens is it illuminates things to you in, in different seasons and different times of life. And you go, oh, well, it's so, it can be so complex. Yes, it can. And that's why we have connect groups to explain it. But also here in this Bible right here, I'm reading the same thing and God gave me two messages in the same passage of scripture. So that shows you how God, how God operates and how he talks. And so I'm going to read three scriptures. The first one is found in Judges 6.11. 6.11, it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under a, uh, the oak in, everyone say it. Let's see. Oprah. Okay. That belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep from the Midianites. So we know that fear has already entered the equation with Gideon, correct? Here he is, he's threshing wheat in a wine press. What's the wine press made to do? Wine. But yet he's threshing wheat in a wine press, so he's already fearful because he's he's cowering back. Then we go down to, to 15, verse 15. It says, Pardon me, he's having a conversation. 
with uh, the Lord turned to him and said, go into the strength that you have and save Israel, blah, 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 blah. But then verse 15, it says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least of my family. How many have ever said stuff like that? Like, God, I'm unqualified. I'm not worthy of that. We, we already discount ourselves even before the, the, the thing that we were praying about has even happened. He's already saying, nope, God, that's not me. I'm weak. I can't do it. And God is saying, you can do it, son. I believe in you. There are things that God has been telling you to do that he said you can do, but what you're doing is you're holding back and you're going, I, I, I don't think that's me. I don't think that's me. And then in verse 23, this is, uh, this is God, but the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Look at your neighbor and say, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Today, the title of my message, if you're taking notes, is fearless. Everyone say fearless. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Be with us in our short, brief time together. Let us worship you. Let us conquer fear with faith. And let's believe that you're good. We love you in your name. Everyone said? Awesome. I am so grateful that you're here. Uh, But I, I was doing some research about this idea of fear. And fear is really a kind of a funny thing. And everyone has a little fear in their life, uh, whether you're scared of heights. Uh, who's scared of heights? Just be honest. Okay. Who's scared of snakes? Okay. Who's scared of spiders? Boy, I saw some of you raise your hands for every single thing. We got to have a deliverance prayer meeting in here, Pastor Bob. My word. Uh, but I, I was, how many of you, so you've had some fear. So we're all self-confessing that we've had fear in some capacity, right? And so I did some research on fear, and I just Googled fear. You ever do that? It's kind of fun. So I Googled fear, and I learned about some different fears and phobias. This is a phobia that someone has, not, hopefully not in this room. Good thing I didn't wear the color, but it's uh, xanthophobia. It's the fear of the color yellow. That's a thing, people. Serious, like you can laugh. It's okay. Hopefully no one has it in this room. Don't raise your hand if you do. Here's another one. Turophobia, the fear of cheese. If you're on keto, that's not a good thing to have. Hello. This one, somniphobia, the fear of falling asleep. Some of you have already fallen asleep, so you don't have that fear in this, you know, right now. So it's okay. Uh, some of you have nomophobia, the fear of being without mobile phone coverage. Come on, people do that. I just got like really, like it was like an aha moment. Can you hear me better? It's, wow, it's crazy. Anyways, uh, and then some people have this FOMO, the fear of missing out. The fear of missing out. And that means you're scared or you're terrified of, of missing out. So you go and you kind of overcommit. And so you're always doing stuff. And uh, Katie um, is fear, fearful of roller coasters or heights. She hates heights. And I've asked her if I could tell this story. And last week, she told a story about... Um, our roller coaster experience. Remember that story? Yes. Okay. She tells it often because it's like therapy for her. Um, but what we, what we did is, is she doesn't tell you the reason we went on the roller coaster to begin with. What happened is we were at a connect group, shameless plug for connect groups. We're going to have signups in the back. Make sure you do this right after this worship experience. But what we did is we went with a connect group to a fright fest. It was a kind of a scary thing. We, none of us had kids and it was, you know, like you, you're like, go and you like try to get scared. It's so weird. I don't know why I did this. I don't even like to be scared. I don't watch like scary movies because I don't like to be scared. It's not good. I don't like to go to sleep and go, oh man, I'm going to sleep and I, I have nightmares. I don't like that. And so I'm, we, we went and I, I, I kind of succumbed to peer pressure. And so we went and 
And we were going through a maze, okay, at a fright fest, and they couldn't touch us, but it was scary, let me just say. You'd go kind of around. How many have ever done this? Don't lie. You, you, it's okay. Yep. And so you kind of come around a corner here, and you go around the corner, and as you go around the corner, all of a sudden, like, there's like a clown that scares you, you know, like, like that, some of you got scared just by me saying that. Uh, th- then you go around another corner, and as you go around this other corner, it could be like a Freddy Krueger, you know, guy, like real, like scary stuff. But the whole time you're hearing this chainsaw going, and, and you're just like, when is the chainsaw guy going to show up? What in the world am I doing? And so we go, and Katie starts to get really scared. She hates clowns. She doesn't like to be scared. And now here she is. And by the end, by, by, we're walking through and she's, every time she gets scared, she's like, ah! you know, like she does one of those things. You know, you've done that too. Come on. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. You get scared like that. And, and so here she is terrified. And she's like, I want to get out of here. I want to get out. She starts stomping her feet. I want to get out. You, you have no idea when Katie gets mad and when she runs out, she wants out. She's like, I want to get out of here. I'm ready to get out of here. Let's get out of here. And literally we find the end and we're like, it's kind of like the hallelujah moment where you're like, oh, you know, like, like we can, we're going to enter and we see this curtain and it says finish line. And we're like, oh, I'm here. And my anxiety will go lower because my wife's anxiety goes lower. Hello. That'll preach in itself. Anyways. Come on, you know what I'm talking about, hell? Yeah, okay. Um, So I come around this corner, and it says finish line, and we still hear the chainsaw, mind you. You see where I'm going. And she gets through that finish line, and this chainsaw guy starts to rev that engine. You know, like, and he's all, like, not in good clothing, and uh, it's crazy. And he's, he's, this chainsaw's going, and he picks out the person that's most scared, Who do you think that was? Katie. Katie. And so Katie starts to sprint at the top of her lungs, screaming at the top of her lungs, going, ah, you know, like like, as loud as she can to get away from the chainsaw. And the guy's chasing her, and he's dragging the chainsaw around. Yeah, you're getting scared too. Dragging the chainsaw around. It's sparking. I didn't know that the chain was off the chainsaw. I got a little worried. You're like, where are you guys? Where are you as a husband following up and taking care of her? But she's dragging this, or he's dragging the chainsaw. And finally, Katie gets to a moment where she cowers, and she squats down in a corner and just starts to scream at the top of her lungs and the guy is standing over her revving the chainsaw and I'm like I walk up to him and I was like come on buddy come on get out of here and so she ended up going or he ended up going and everything was okay and the reason we went on the roller coaster was to do some happy have something happy from what happened in the past of what we were doing so now you can see kind of the real life but we have fear fear is an evident thing in our life am I right there are cards filled with fear right here Fear of finances, fear of relationships, fear of people, fear of job, fear and worry. And Gideon was a guy that was terrified, right? It says it in the scripture. He was terrified. Even himself said, I'm going to discount what I can even do myself. Gideon was so much like us, where he thought that he couldn't do the thing that God asked him to do. And I think that there's a, significant power, there's a significant power in us understanding that we have God's strength on our side. That God is not, as I was driving in, God downloaded this to me, that God is not a bystander in our story. He's a participant in our story. He's not standing up there going, oh, I kind of hope this is okay. What we have to do is we have to realize that we have to activate our faith in who Jesus is. And we can't worry anymore. Say, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. Not going to worry. And oftentimes we take our experiences every single experience we have, and we walk into situations like that. And I, I brought this little illustration. This is my 
uh, roll-away suitcase. You can see how much I use it because uh, I can't even find the zipper. That was funny, people. Come on. So uh, he, we, we oftentimes take fear, take worry, take wondering. And I think that we walk around in these, with these suitcases, okay? And this is not, this is a metaphor. We don't actually have, we, we do have baggage, but we walk around with a little stuff that we carry around. And I love going to airports and people watching because you see people with suitcases and they are on the move, right? And what's in those suitcases? Stuff. It's their stuff for the trip, whatever their trip is. How many have ever done that? You, you've gone to, a, to an airport and you've had a rollaway suitcase. So all of us have done that. But what I think happens is we oftentimes take our suitcase, good or bad, and we walk into every scenario and situation. And I like object lessons. And I think what we do oftentimes is we take things into situations like rejection. So we take it and we put it in our suitcase. And we walk into situations constantly on a regular basis where we walk into situations with this in our suitcase, where you walk into, into conversations and you know that you, there's been times where you've been rejected. Um, we take things like abandonment. I'm not going to write on all of them. It might take too long. And we put abandonment. Maybe your parents uh, abandon you as a child. Maybe there was a moment of just sheer abandonment and it caused fear in your life. Uh, we take things like humiliation. Uh, I had a teacher one time, I've said this story before, that he laughed at me when I couldn't read. Well, I come to find out that I was dyslexic later on, and so that really hurt me. I was in eighth grade, and here I am, 37, still talking about it. Humiliation. We put that in our roll away. I'm going to just pull this down here so it goes faster. Uh, worry. Oh, how many warriors? That deserves a few rocks. Because worry kills more dreams than failure. Because we worry about our kids, we worry about our family, we worry about our finances, we worry about what we should wear. We worry. We're worry warts, people. Uh, we worry about other people, okay? Other people's a worry. We walk, you, maybe you walked into, into today and you've been hurt by the church. And number one, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's you. And you walked into here and you were worried about maybe rejection or what other people think or uh, you've been, since you've been hurt by a pastor or somebody else, I just want to say I'm sorry, but you walked in here and that's, this isn't a problem, this isn't an issue, but you walked in here with this rollaway suitcase and that's part of your story. And that's okay that it's part of your story, but you put that, you put that rock in there and we're walking through it. Um, intimacy. Maybe th this is something that could cause marriages to have trouble is Intimacy. Because of maybe something that you said, you put yourself out there to somebody else and what happened was, was it went sideways and someone took advantage of the intimate time where you were trying to be vulnerable and you're trying to be honest and you're trying to be real and you're trying to share your heart and you're trying to be intimate, maybe in a conversation, maybe it's sexually. And so you've carried that into your marriage and now all of a sudden you, you wonder why you can't be intimate anymore. It's because you've been vulnerable and someone has hurt you, and you put that in there, and so you worry about that. It causes fear, it causes anxiety, it causes stress. Maybe it's the fear of failure. I think a lot of us carry the fear of failure into different things. We walk in, and we walk into our situation, and we don't try because we're scared to fail. Should I keep going? Yeah. Um, how about shame? Shame is something that we take. Maybe you're ashamed by your parents. Maybe you're ashamed by a friend or a coworker, or a family member. And you're hurt by that. And so you walk into every situation filled with fear and shame. Maybe you're scared of death. The, just the sheer idea of death and going...
to heaven, you're, it's just terrifying to you. How, you know, like, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I've thought about how will I die? You know, I'm, all, I'm just saying things that you guys are thinking. Am I right? That's why it's so quiet in here. You're terrified to even talk. You're like, oh, does, should I say amen? I don't know. And so the idea of death is a scary thing for a lot of people. And so we worry about that. We, we're, we're, we're so scared about it. And I think a lot of us are scared about the future. What's the future hold? What's tomorrow hold? Do I have the finances? Do I have the income to manage that? What's the future hold in my life? And so we take things and we throw them into our rollaway suitcase. Things. Just tons of stuff. All of our things. See? We just take them, we throw them in there, and then what we do is we zip it up, and we pick it up, and we go, and we walk into a situation. And when we walk into a situation of, maybe it's something completely normal, but because of what's in our rollaway suitcase, we don't actually step into the situation, we kind of toe the line because of what's happened back here. Am I preaching to anybody today? Come on. I know the, the Spirit's on this because I sense it even in this moment. But we wonder why we're so heavy. It's because we've been carrying stuff that we weren't meant to carry. We've been carrying fear. We've been carrying rejection. We've been carrying just challenges and struggles in our own life. We've been ch ch carrying things that our parents passed down to us or maybe as a grandparent. You've been carrying something that somebody else put on you. And you've walked into a situation and you've wondered why you seem unfulfilled in every circumstance. It's because you've been carrying weight you weren't meant to carry. You've been carrying fear and, and apprehension and you're walking around with it. And look, it's, it's kind of hard for me to be fully present when I'm pulling something behind me. And you know what? I'm not just, I, I just don't want to say that this is bad stuff in here. There's also good things. There's memories. There's you know, good things that you go. I mean, like there's a restaurant I go to. And every time I walk to this, I've gone to a new restaurant, I carry all my past experiences into that restaurant, right? All the good ones or the bad ones. And so when I go to one that I like, I continue to go there, right? I continue because I like it and because I've carried my good experiences. If I, go, if I go to a restaurant that I don't like or I don't really approve of or it's not really my flavor, I go there once and I take my situation. And then if I tell Taylor about about what I, my experience there, and he loves it, and I hate it, it's, it's all of a sudden we have this conflict, right? That's real life. And so we're carrying this rollaway suitcase. And I think that God wants us to do is he wants us to replace some of the baggage, some of the heavy stuff that we've been carrying for a long time, some of the fear, the worry, the apprehension, the rejection. Hello. We've been carrying that so long that God wants us to be released of it. And I'm going to remind you how to do so. And in and, and the Bible, is, there's a little speculation around this, but in my research, if you would like to do your research as well, according to the Franklin Electronic Computer Bible, fear not is mentioned 365 times. Let me just, I'll just break it down. Fear not said 169 times. Do not be afraid 79 times. Have no fear. 25 times. Shall not fear, 55. Do not fear, 37. That totals 365 days. Well, then you go, well, what about leap year? There's passages of scripture where God says, do not worry. So that adds to it. God has got you covered, but what you have to do is get rid of it. You have to release it. You have to release the fear. Maybe what we should do is stop taking the, the, those circumstances of rejection. and We need to stop putting those into our suitcase and we actually need to add some scripture. Could I give you some scripture to support? Maybe some of your worry, maybe some of your fear. Isaiah 41.10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. 
Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 56.3, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Some of you need to have that on your mirror every morning because you wake up scared of what the day will bring. And you need to know that that passage says, when I am afraid, I am with you. I am with you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. How many want some more peace? Amen. Come on. Which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Come on, Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Joshua 1, 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Everyone say, strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Friend, I have a question. How is fear dictating your life? How is fear dictating your life? Imagine if Noah let fear dictate his life. And never built a boat. Yeah. Everything would have been wiped out, correct? Right? right? Yeah. God would have had to have a different plan, but he knew that Mo- Noah was a faithful man. Imagine if Gideon allowed fear to order his steps rather than, uh, rather than allowing God to order his steps. The Israelites, they would, they would have been in more, in more oppression for longer. Gideon freed them seven, after seven years of oppression because of his saying yes. Imagine if Jonah would have allowed fear to rule him. A lot of us, we've allowed fear to rule us, like Jonah. Jonah did allow fear to rule him at the beginning, right? He did. But yet he recognized that when he was in the boat and everything was going down, he knew that his fear was the thing that was causing everyone else trouble too. And so he hopped out of that boat, got in the belly of a fish, and went to preach to Nineveh and changed Nineveh by that time. Imagine if Joshua would have been filled with fear that God wasn't going to bring those walls down. Could you imagine day six, they marched around one time each day, and there were still no stones gone off that wall? Don't you think Joshua might have gone, well, guys, I don't know if I can do this. You know, like, like imagine the fear, because here he is, a leader. If you've led some people before, you know that there's an element of fear that's in your past, that while you're standing there and you're going, okay, we're going to do it. And you're like, are they still with me? Imagine Joshua in those moments. Imagine if Abraham would have let uh, fear rule him instead of sacrificing Isaac. God would have probably never provided that ram in the thicket. And he probably would have said, or he, he probably would have told him that he wouldn't have been a father to many nations because of his faithfulness. Imagine if Paul let fear of rejection own him while preaching the gospel. Imagine that for a moment. The gospel would have never got to some of the most influential points in our history, like Rome. Would have never got there because of his faithfulness. And he said, I'm not going to let faith. I mean, he was in prison. He was shipwrecked. I don't know any of us that, ha- that have been shipwrecked before, right? right? Come on. I think that we got some pretty good things in our life. And so therefore, we need to not let fear rule us. Imagine if Jesus, oh man, imagine if Jesus would have let fear dip him or uh, would have let fear grip him in that garden. There'd be no hope for us. Think about that for a moment. Imagine that. Friend, fear is staying in the same place wishing things were different. I'm going to say that again. Fear is staying in the same place wishing things were different. And I've come to remind somebody today that fear is a liar. Everyone say, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. 
Come on, you got to overcome that. Fear is a liar, and it's time for us to gain some freedom. Everyone shout freedom. freedom. Oh, come on, like Braveheart freedom. Come on, freedom. freedom. Come on, you got to gather some freedom today. You got to gather. And I have one point and one point only. Okay, aren't you, aren't you proud of that? One point and one point only. Fear is what we make of it. Fear is what we make of it. And I, I really think that we allow fear to dictate our path. And what happens is, is we play these what if statements in our life, right? We play what ifs all the time. I, I, in high school, when I would go on dates, uh, after the date, okay, I'm just going to be real. We're, we're, I, I don't think I should candy coat stuff. I would go away and I go, what if I would have said this? Come on, you all have done this too. Don't lie. What if I would have done this? What if maybe they would have you know, responded this way. What if I, we play these what if scenarios all the time. Every day of our life, we play these what if scenarios. And what if, and what they do is they, they really have the ability to plague us to really accomplishing everything God has for us. And if you, if you look at it, we, we play these what if statements like, what if the conversation doesn't go well? What if the conversation doesn't go? What if my spouse rejects me when I try to be vulnerable and I try to take off the mask? What if I go into connect group and I try to take off the mask and things are, you know, things are, get kind of ugly. What if uh, I'm laughed at? What if I fail? How about we play it like this? What if the conversation goes well? We, we, we always have the ability to go on one side and say, what if this happens? But why don't we retrain our brain and reprogram our brain to say, what if the good thing will happen. What if my spouse embraces me when I take the mask off and I'm honest and I'm vulnerable and I tell her how I feel or I tell him how I feel? What if that happens? Not what if they reject me. What if they embrace you? They married you. Right? What if you're celebrated instead of laughed at? What if you succeed instead of fail? What if we oftentimes let fear rule us, but fear is a liar? Let me say it like this. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. I'm going to say that again because that just... When I read that this week, it rocked my world. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And if God says He'll never leave us or forsake us, why don't we take greater steps of faith instead of letting fear be everything inside of us? Let us let faith rise up inside of us. And I'm going to close with this. I had a lot of illustrations today. Sweetheart, Kenny. Hey, baby. Okay, here. You ready? One, two, three. I work out, people. You have a cape on. This is perfect. Here, let's get this. Everyone say hi, Kennedy. Can you say hi? Hi. Okay, she's so sweet. Um, and she is our four-year-old little girl. And uh, Katie tells stories about her of, of different things that she does. And uh, what's, your, what's your cat's name? Um, Rainbow Snow. Rainbow Snow, okay? Talk to her about Rainbow Snow, okay? But one thing I, I say about faith is oftentimes this little girl has... Do you have faith in me? Yeah. Do you trust me? Okay. So we're going to do this little illustration. This is something my dad did with me when I was a kid. And I'm going to do this with her. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay, jump. Okay. Did she? Have, did she have anything to worry about? No. Okay. All right, baby. Okay. 
Okay. That was a little further. But this is the thing. This, she loves it. <laughs> oh man, giggle, giggle fest. This is the thing. God is asking us to jump from time to time. But what we do, just, stay, just stand here and you're not going to jump this time. Okay? Okay. And we stand here, wait. <laughs> just stay there. I love it. She's so cute. Try, this is supposed to be so serious and kids just bring a, a sense of innocence. But what we do is we stand here because we let fear rule us. We walk into situations at our workplace and we let fear rule us. We walk to situations. We want a different marriage, but, but yet we stand on the sidelines. We want our kids to go and really make a difference in this world, but yet we're not willing to, 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 to go and actually intentionally be with them. We want our families to really come together, but yet we're scared of what our families might think. But when God is sitting there and he's saying to you, fear is a liar. Stop letting fear dictate and rule who you are in situations, in circumstances, in your workplace. He's standing there and he's going saying, jump, jump this time. Okay, yeah. Jump, jump. Because what we're doing is we're just standing on the sidelines for a long time. We're going, man, I want life to be different. I want life to change. Here, go to see Danae now. Perfect. He's saying, I want life to be different. I want life. You, you're saying, I want life to be different. God's saying, jump today. Jump. Go. Don't stand back any longer. Don't wait for the relationship to improve. Don't wait for your finances to improve. Don't wait for your friendships to improve. Jump. Maybe you're the change that needs to take place. Don't wait for your job to improve. Don't wait for your marriage to improve. You got to be the one that does it. You have a product in your story. We wait and we say, oh, God, I'm praying about it. Well, maybe he's telling you to do something about it rather than just pray about it. We wait and we go, oh God, I'm just praying for my Bible. You know, I'm praying, I'm praying, God, should I read my Bible? Should I don't? Should I do devotions? Don't. Should I go to connect group? Don't. Well, we need to stop praying and start obeying. Because we're waiting for a city to change. Think about that for a moment. We're waiting for a city to change. And on Wednesday night, we gathered in this room with nine other churches represented wanting a city to make a difference, or wanting a church to make a difference. Not just Trinity Church, but the church to make a difference. But yet we're standing on the sidelines of life and we're going, let's make a difference. But we're not willing to jump. We're letting fear rule us. If you would, would you bow your heads and close your eyes?